We've done zero prep work for today, by the way. So <laughs> it was, it's all on you. Three, two, one, record. Hello, my friends. Thank you for joining us for the PebCAC podcast, a weekly information security show featuring some all around good people. It is week 15 of 2022. I'm Chris Louie and just got back from sunny and warm Texas. With me, I have my co-host, The Hot Dad, who is still listening to music about moonshine. Hey, hey everyone. The Hot Dad reporting in on uh, episode 55. Thank you all for coming. Out of curiosity, Chris, did you eat any barbecue and was it good? So I did not eat barbecue. I ate a lot of steak and I ate a lot of seafood because I was in the eastern part of Texas. They have amazing seafood there and Texas is also known for amazing steak. So I got both on this trip. Nice. Did you save any for me? I'll mail it to you. All right. Oh, by the way, I have uh, Glenn Boomerang Medina here with me, by the way. He's my twin or my minion. I'm not too sure. And we have Glenn Medina in Toasty, Arizona. Hey, everyone. Yes, I'm here in sunny, toasty Phoenix, Arizona, coming to you from the DMT beautiful house. Folks, I have to tell you, if you haven't been to Brighton's Lightboard presentation, you really need to. Seeing this studio in person gives you an appreciation for the work he's put into get this nicely done. What he's trying to say is it's an eyesore and don't actually look at it. And God forbid, don't get anything on your skin. I'm sure it's one of those things that you have to be able to see it in person to fully appreciate it because we've all seen it through Zoom, but I'm sure this thing is a, a masterpiece in person. It's kind of like the Mona Lisa, I'm not going to lie. It's pretty cool. I, I've heard the Mona Lisa is the opposite. When you actually see it in person, you're like, wait, that's it? Like, it's much more impressive when you see it, like a, a replica of it. Can you imagine if, like, Mona Lisa walked into a modeling agency today? They'd be like, uh, we're not hiring for any janitors. You can leave. <laughs> well, she was never meant to be a model, right? It was like... No, she, she was. Janitor's I model. wasn't I was... there, Glenn. God, <laughs> I think she was. I think that was Leonardo da Vinci's like ideal portrait of a woman, I believe. Someone can't correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's what the Mona Lisa was supposed to be. That's what the history books told me. I guess I'm wrong. Have you guys seen the Mona Lisa in person? I've never been to Europe, so no. Yeah, it's the coolest thing. I did it a while back. Um, you go up. She's on the wall. Not Not a great big portrait. And it's encased in glass. And they tell everybody, no pictures, and everybody's like taking pictures with uh, with flash. Is it like an eight by ten or is it bigger? Uh, it's probably like a ten by fourteen. It's oh, it's a little bigger. It may be a bigger than that, but it's it's a good size. I it's, was kind of envisioned that it would be like two feet by three feet, like yeah, something massive. No, 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 it's not as big as yeah, that. Yeah, that's why people are disappointed when they see it in real life. They said they expected it to be what you would like a like a poster size but no it's like the it's slightly bigger than a postage stamp <laughs> yeah right it's a polaroid wow thanks a lot <laughs> yeah it's two feet six inches by one foot nine inches not that big no guess this week but we have one book for next week so stay tuned combined we have decades of information security experience and are here not just to educate but to entertain We've got four awesome stories for you this week, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. For our opening topic, since you heard that Glenn is out visiting Brian at his house and you guys are recording together, 
Glenn, what's one thing about Brian's house that surprised you? He's got an ice maker. It's pretty cool. I also have a dishwasher. No, no, no. I take that back. He's got a device that washes your glass right at the sink. And it's, it looks like the, one of those machines that are sitting at a bar Yeah, that you tip upside down and it cleans your glass. I had oh, to like take a, a picture Starbucks. of it. Yeah, yeah, I had to take a picture of it. You push I on and then it sprays up. It's like pressure sensitive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've seen cool. that, but it it is it above the sink or is it in the sink? Because I would think above the sink would make a huge mess. It's above the sink, but it guess it washes into the sink. Yeah, it rinses out. It's kind yeah. of angled down. It's yeah. like, I mean, you know, 1%er problem, right? You know, my, my $70 <laughs> piece of plastic that I bought, but I love it. Yeah, it's actually, I'm sure it's convenient. It's one of those things you never know you need until you actually have it, and then you miss it when you don't have it. I almost feel like that's one of those TikTok maybe buy it moments. It's a cool feature. Did you buy it right after you saw it on TikTok? Probably. I think either my wife or one of my daughters showed it to me. I was like, heck yeah, that's what we need. You know, who needs a soap dispenser when you can automatically wash your mugs? Yeah, it's convenient, especially if you have like, skinny and narrow cups because the standard brush won't fit in like a dish one you have to get like a bottle brush that's actually why we keep the kids bottle brush they don't drink out of a bottle anymore but we keep it around because we have some mugs that are tall and skinny and can't get the regular dish wand in there unlike the medina household we just use red solo cups and just throw them away at the end of the week so that old english 40s everywhere greta does not approve of your use of single-use plastics no, no. I did say we throw them away at the end of week. So you wash them? Yeah. Wow. I'm just kidding. We don't do that. That defeats <laughs> the purpose of you're going to be washing the red Solo cup. But think about like all the effort that goes into making a Solo cup, right? We're going to get oil out of the ground, transport it somewhere, process it, make this cup, and then you take a shot and throw it in the garbage. It's insane. Yeah. Well, what up? States and municipalities are trying to ban those single-use type plastics. I know in my city, we we ban plastic straws. The airport near me has banned plastic water bottles. You can only have glass or aluminum, which is sort of ironic because if you want to recycle glass, it takes more energy to recycle a glass bottle than to make a new one from scratch. I remember right before the COVID shutdown, traveling in... California, like everywhere I went, there was Teslas, right? And then if I had to throw something away, I had to make this executive decision. Is it going to the black uh, garbage can or the blue one or the green one? And sometimes red. I was just confused. I've not, like, I've never seen it before. And then one of my last trips was actually out to Texas and not one Tesla in sight, by the way. Like, I think I was in Dallas and it was just nothing but, you know, lifted Ford F 150s in a single garbage can. Just a black one, just throw it all in there. They didn't care. There's no, no recycling going on in Texas. That's going to change soon because they just built and completed the Tesla Gigafactory. Gigafactory, Gigafactory. Yeah. yep. Yeah, and they're moving their headquarters there too, so you'll probably be seeing more, I would guess. What city is it actually in, though? I think Austin. Austin. Yeah. Okay, that, that makes sense. I was all disappointed. I went to Austin. I was like, oh, man, I'm going to see a bunch of these cowboys and, and horses everywhere. And then, nope, nothing like that. Just, it's a melting pot for all races. It was It was. Not anything different that I've ever seen. Well, if you talk to everybody else in Texas, Austin is the donut hole of of liberalism in all of Texas. 
The donut hole? What does that mean? Meaning it's the only spot in Texas that's very liberal. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah you mean Capitol, That's where a lot of <laughs> a lot of California transplants move. So Austin actually is is a good place to get barbecue if you're ever in in Austin. Uh, Salt Lake Barbecue, amazing barbecue. And then I'm sure there's some other places some locals can recommend, but that's the one I know of is, is Salt Lake Barbecue out in that's Austin. That's if you can get in, right? <clears throat> yeah, if you can get in, and then I. Th- think they're cash only but it's byob you can bring your own beer if you want yeah franklin's is just as good and they open at like 10 or 11 and then they're closed by two or three because they run out of food yeah yeah we have a place by here too it says we close at four or whenever we run out of food and sure enough by like one o'clock they're always closed what a great problem to have in need. Just, just order more food, right? That's that's the solution. Just order more food, expand the kitchen. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why some of these places are, are, are like that. Unless they like the exclusivity of it. Well, then they have waste. Because what happens if they don't sell out? Well, if your food only lasts half a day, you can order 50% more. You don't have to order twice as much, and you'd still probably be fine. But unless they're trying to keep the exclusivity. and, and Could be. Freaking Mr. Supply and Demand over here. I know. You know. I bet you, I bet you, Chris. If we come up with a Gantt chart or some kind of chart to to give to the barbecue places, we can increase their sales. We might have, we may be onto something. Yeah, I'll just just I'll just take fifty percent of their increased profits, and yeah, we'll we'll streamline their supply chain. There you go. All I know is I didn't know how bad barbecue, like barbecue sauce, was for you, and so I made my first one. I was like, all right, first ingredient: three cups of sugar. Wait a second, this doesn't sound right. <laughs> It does sound and then right. They add so sweet. <laughs> yeah. I was like, er, you know, holy smokes. All right. For our first topic, we all knew it was bound to happen. A video of Ukrainian President Zelensky has surfaced online asking the Ukrainian armed forces and the resistance to lay down their arms and surrender to the Russian army. Now, of course, this did not actually happen, and the video posted online was a deep fake video using AI to make it appear legitimate. I have not personally seen the video, but from what I heard, it is not convincing if you take the time to look at it to check and see if it actually is legitimate or not. If you're watching it on a smartphone with a 2G cellular connection at low resolution, you might actually be convinced. This also goes into a deeper discussion we talked about on the last podcast about how the war in Ukraine is the first war that's really demonstrating the uses of open source intelligence or OSINT gathering. Russia is using Google Maps to find where the roads with the heaviest traffic are. Civilians are using their cell phones and posting videos and pictures of Russian troop movements. Internet sleuths are accessing logs for the Suez Canal and the Strait of Gibraltar to monitor naval ship movement and the like. The Russian army allegedly took away its troops' cell phones and their navy painted over ship numbers to make it harder for them to track. I'm pretty sure that at least that last one is against some type of treaty of being able to quickly identify military vessels. We're also receiving reports of alleged war crimes committed by Russia, such as civilian executions, and cell phone videos are being taken to document it. Kind of a weird line, right? Like we're talking about deep fakes and and crazy low resolution, but at the same time, it's like, this is like a legitimate military force coming through, and they are trying to do nefarious, really bad things. And the scary part about it is, I believe Russia doesn't necessarily want to carpet bomb everything because they just want to kind of take over and invest a bunch of troops over there and to do their thing. So they they have to think out of the box, right? 
if you just start blowing up everything, that's just all the stuff you have to, re, you know, replace some point down the road. Uh, you know, you know, kudos to them, but I think you have to try a little bit harder on the, uh, you know, the, the resolution or the deep fakes. I'll tell you what, don't even ask why, but I was watching some like Muslim based cartoons for kids on how to be the best Muslim. Phenomenal. Like the, the graphics and everything was amazing. Like it was, it was insane. I think they need to go and list a, uh, who's that, Industrial Light and Magic to create these deep fakes for them. So, Is that the actual company name? Yeah, that's oh. the uh, Lucas Studios. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Did, did you guys see any of those videos? It is pretty bad. You saw them? Yeah. The quality? Yeah, yeah the quality is terrible. I'm sure it's some guy doing it in his basement. Like, if, if the Russian propaganda arm actually got involved in this, I bet they can make something that looks legitimate. What's interesting is if you flip it in reverse, because, you know, the international community is highly upset about the, you know, the the, the the war crimes against the civilians. And Putin on the other side of the reverse is saying that those are fake videos of war crimes being committed by Russian soldiers. That's very true. Yeah, I, I think they showed... I saw a clip of like all the like a I don't know gymnasium full of dead bodies, right? And they had like sheets covered over them. And as they were panning off, one of the sheets got up and walked away. I was like, "All right, wait a second. Like this is real or not? Like it's so weird. Like if you're gonna do deep fake, don't show the very end. Like they don't spoil. It's like coming to my house after seeing lightboard videos. Like it looks amazing until you see it in person. Then you just want to kind of throw up your mouth. It's not that cool. See how the sausage is made. Yeah. Yeah, there, there was a video of alleged Ukrainian soldiers committing atrocities against Russian soldiers. And then, you know, Ukraine said, we'll get to the bottom of this. We don't think this is legitimate. We're going to investigate it anyway. And then someone did like a frame by frame analysis that said, you know, some guy's left knee was bandaged and bleeding, but he was grabbing his right knee. And they said the type of blood that was used, it looks like, you know, the, the movie kind of blood. This isn't how blood, like real life blood works. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of propaganda and misinformation on on both sides here for sure so i well, if i, if I was more on the, on the russian side i guess if i was on the ukraine side i think all bets are off i don't think there's anything that i would do to like abide by any type of rule or regulation i think it's just like oh, i just had to bite his nose off right like <laughs> he was in my house what do you want me to do uh or headbutting or you know torture somebody like whatever it takes like you're in my you're in my territory now i think uh i don't really care if I'm there to protect myself, that's different than if I'm invading. All right. For our second topic, this was an interesting one when I heard about it. And the Lapsus crew brought this issue to light. So the Lapsus is that ransomware crew that allegedly hacked Okta, Microsoft, and NVIDIA and the like. So law enforcement agencies and governments have the ability to request what's called an emergency search warrant from online providers such as Snapchat, Facebook, Apple, and Google. Just like in real life, if someone calls 911 here in the U.S. and threatens to harm themselves or harm someone else, the police can enter a residence without a warrant in exigent circumstances such as imminent harm. Similarly, if someone on Facebook Live is threatening to hurt someone or hurt themselves, the police department can contact Facebook to get the user's IP address, then ask the ISP for the user's physical address, and if there's exigent circumstances, a lot of times a search warrant is not needed. Well, criminals are catching on to this and using these emergency search warrants to gain unauthorized access to people's location data and their account information. 
The problem is that police departments and government officials are getting their accounts fished, and there's no standard body to figure out if the request is legitimate or not. So the scam works like this. One of these fishing crews or ransomware crews will hack, will fish into a police department, steal somebody's login, and then start sending emails from the official police department or the official government agency to Facebook and says, Brian Deach has posted something online. He says he's going to hurt some people. I need to find out where he is right now. I need to find out what he's posted in the last five days. And a lot of times these online services will comply with that request and then hand over the information without verifying that the person asking for it is who they say they are. Just like I said, there's no standard way of verifying if this person, this request is legitimate or not. Those hacker crews can then take that information, find out where Brian is, and Brian's actually innocent in all this because he hasn't posted anything of the sort, but now they know where he is and they've gained access to his account. You really think that Facebook would respond to my, you know, Brian Deach at Miami, Arizona, you know, police department.org. Like, do they have any type of checks and balances to even check the source? It feels to me like that. Forget phishing anything. I think I could just, if they're going to just trust the source, then I just make up anything and come in. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I know that like Facebook ha- and like Facebook and Google and Apple, so these more mature organizations, they have formal legal processes you can go through, especially for emergency search warrants and the like. But I know for, my municipality, they're they're a .org. So even our police department is is you know officer brown at city .org. So we're not, we're not actually even a .gov. So I don't know how that would how they would know that this .org is a legitimate .org. This is a huge problem, especially because I've actually done significant amount of work for like, well, not in the past twenty years, but when I used to go around and do IT work for police stations, like it was like uh, you talked to him like, all right, I need to do this. What's the password? password and then you're just going to find out that it's like password for everybody that make it like the the officers have zero interest in learning on how to do security correctly and so there's a tremendous effort of like how do you ramp these people up how do you security correctly like phishing is one problem but you have other issues right like get one password get them all that's terrifying yeah that if you look at it from the standpoint of being able to identify individuals and then take that for it almost be wondering like how quickly can someone like Facebook or WhatsApp respond to this imminent threat? If it's, is it four hours, 24 hours, 48 hours? True. What do you get out of it? Right. So you, you contact Facebook, you get my IP address, then you, you get an IP, but then you have to reach out to Cox communications Mm -hmm. to figure out the location. And now you know where my home address is. You're just going to like sign me up for like spam emails and actually physical, like, you know, uh, Stuff that comes through the U.S. Postal Service, like what? What? Oh, what's they can, the... they can harass you. They can send you know hundreds of pizzas to your house. That's that's a famous thing that <laughs> I would online love that. harassment. Anybody want to do it? Forty? It's kidding. Yeah. It, the, the other side of it, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of old, right? This is kind of version two, because I could have swore there was a there was swatting before. Do you remember that? Yeah. So yeah, that's what I, the other thing I was gonna say. So first, the the less harmful way is is pizzas. They'll send pizzas, and they're not prepaid. So then you got to send the pizza guy away, and the, the, the restaurant loses money. There's the uh, the the priority mailbox trick, where someone will send thousands of these priority mailboxes to your house. And then the worst of them all is the swatting, where they'll pretend like a a crime is occurring now. They'll send the SWAT team, and people have gotten killed over over this these these swatting incidents. 
that is not cool. But we should try it. <clears throat> yeah, let's let's not first. try that. I suggest people that try that because one, two, three, people have gotten, <laughs> people right. gotten major jail time for for the uh, the swatting and the bomb threats when they were they were false. Did they catch them? I don't remember uh, seeing anything on that. Yeah, so there are two famous incidents. One was the uh, rather large man that had the handle at Tennessee. He 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 got swatted. He died of a heart attack. And then there's just this random innocent guy. Two two guys were fighting on Xbox Live. Of course, it was Xbox Live. And they said, "Yeah, you know, come at me, bro. I live at one two three Main Street." And then the guy swats the guy at one two three Main Street. And that guy's not even involved. He's, he gave some random address, and uh, the police thought he was a threat and killed him. He he wasn't armed or anything. He was just very confused at why the police was there. Um, I think in both cases they they caught the guy. He got something like. I want to say at least 20 years in prison for that. All I'll have I to look up exact his sentence. My wife and kids are eating free. If I die because some idiot yeah. <laughs> gets my house swatted and I die. Well, who's responsible? <clears throat> is that the police? Is that the guy, the individual? What if that individual's broke? Like, how do you get money out of that guy? Isn't the rule of thumb is always the police's fault nowadays? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, there's there's some type of liability, but it's the dude that initiated the SWAT at the end of the day. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, kind of like that whole knock-knock, right? How do they validate what who they're going to is actually a bad person? True. Although they, they have to like they have tools at this point. Just pull up in a van and just be like, oh, it looks like he's watching Friends reruns again, guys. But let's knock on the door, going peacefully. Yeah, that, that actually happened to a YouTuber that I follow. So he got swatted. His his address has been out there. It, if you're online, it's it's very difficult to protect your your address, especially when if you buy a house, you know, that's all, all public record. You try to do it through trust and stuff. But people on YouTube, if, if, they, if they want to find your address, they will. And they basically made up a story. They used this VoIP service so they can't trace it and called the, the emergency line for that town. And the police department says, I just killed my wife. Uh, I have the kids in the bathtub. If you guys come in, I'm going to kill them too. And then the, the SWAT team came out, surrounded the house, and then they they were monitoring the situation. They, they saw this guy, like, get out of his bedroom, go to the bathroom, go back to the bedroom. And then you saw him go downstairs and pour a bowl of cornflakes. And, like, this doesn't seem like normal behavior of a guy that just allegedly killed his wife and is threatening to kill the kids. So they, they knew something was up. Yeah. Was it at infrared to see what this guy was doing? Or he had his curtains open or something. Uh-huh. Or he's just a really terrifying sociopath, right? He's like, before I knock off the kids, I got to eat my cornflakes first, team. It's <laughs> Hannibal. Oh, man, <laughs> Hannibal I, I worked up an, an appetite. All this killing. He's got my <laughs> my juices flowing. The mental health stuff, is that's the thing that freaks me out the most uh, about people. And, and having seen people actually suffer from it, it's just so wild. Like, yeah. you just it just doesn't make sense. And the, I think probably the most painful part of it if it's someone that you love, like you don't have any, like I'm a fixer. I think you guys are probably fixers in the house, right? Like mm-hmm. anything's going on, we want to put a bandaid on it, but you can't do it. And it's just like, it's probably like the most helpless feeling that I have as a, you know, as a family member. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I, I mean, my kids come home and they're having problems with friends or boys or whatnot. And I sit there and I just stay quiet because I want to tell them how to fix, how I would fix it. But at the end, it's like it's, I'm better off just staying quiet. It's just one of those things. Yeah, if they, if they want help, they'll ask for it. But a lot of times people just want to vent. And, and that's why my wife is so good because she's a great listener. 
and she'll listen, 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 and I'll sit there and I'll just bite my tongue, mm-hmm. and the kids will walk away, <laughs> and I'll look at my wife and I say, "Why'd you just tell them something?" She goes, "Cause they just want you to listen." Yeah, just so. want to be heard. <laughs> Damn For all you men out there, sometimes our wives just want to be heard. Yes. <laughs> you don't have to fix it. Uh, I have to remind myself of that a lot. But I think one of my biggest fears as a dad is like, I, I don't want my kids to make the same mistakes that I did. And you do your best to, to try to shape them with it. But I, I, I think at the end of the day, they're going to make their own mistakes and you have to be okay with it. Yeah. They need to scrape their knees. They need to bump their head. They need to stick their finger in a light socket. Not that I'm <laughs> condoning that, but they need to go through these things in order to realize that's not what you should be doing. Yeah, just know that they have a place to come back to when they need to. Yeah. Yeah. There's a book. Oh, we already talked about that one book. It was like the top 100 most dangerous things that you should let your kids oh, do. Yeah. It was called Dumb Things You Should Allow Your Kids to Do or something. Yeah. 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 10 out of 10. Highly recommend. All right. The next story on the love line is the Yandex Food, a food delivery app operating in Russia, similar to DoorDash or Uber Eats here in the U.S., was the subject of a major data leak, which the company confirmed back on March 1st. At the time, the subsidiary of tech giant Yandex, that's similar to Alphabet or Google here in the U.S., said that the phone numbers and customer information about orders were published online with the data including the composition of orders, delivery times, and other information. Now, if my enemy learns that I like my beef lo mein extra spicy, and I tend to order on Saturday nights, no big deal, right? However, research believe they found one person linked to the poisoning of Alexei Navinli, the Russian opposition leader, because the alleged poisoner used his work email address to register on the food delivery service. Searches for the Russian GRU's headquarters, their country foreign military intelligence service, similar to like the CIA we have here in the U.S., uh, they found four results for their headquarters. And the FSB, their Federal Security Service, uh, service Special Operations Center in Moscow, had 20 results. The records for the latter include unusual instructions for the driver, such as passing certain boom barriers, certain checkpoints, or calling before their arrival. So, Good job, Russian intelligence, although I can't exactly call the kettle black in this case because we had plenty of FBI and government officials use their work email address to register for Ashley Madison, the infidelity dating site, as we saw in that data leak. Another record was found to be an order placed by someone at an apartment supposedly occupied by a secret daughter and ex-mistress of Russian President Vladimir Putin. So is she still okay then? I don't know, Brian. Why don't you go over there and check it out? <laughs> yeah, I'll put that on my to-do list. And by the way, who's Alexei? I don't even know who that is. Is that someone that we should know about? Yeah, he was the Russian opposition leader that they tried to poison. So he's very anti-Putin, a very vocal critic of him. Putin tried to have him knocked off. I think they poisoned him, and uh, he survived. I think it was he's him jail, and his right? daughter. I don't know if he's the one that's in jail. Well, I don't know. I lose track of the opposition leaders that were poisoned by Putin. One of them's in jail. One of them is out, but... Uh, he got poisoned along with his daughter. Was Alexei, was was he in Russia or outside of Russia? Good question. Let's see. By the way, I would think that, like, yeah, is, was it Yandex is the thing that was breached? I have a yeah. feeling that, <clears throat> like, 
you know, like Facebook knows everything about us, right? Like our, you know, food preferences, this, that, and the other thing. There was probably like a, uh, a, a couple columns there where it was like, uh, for every single man, it was track suits and cheap cologne were the most common thing found amongst Russian men. <laughs> Their order history. <laughs> yeah. But, but this does kind of scare me. Maybe I'm not going to do Uber Eats anymore. But now everything comes sealed. Maybe they have to like... Yeah, but you don't know if they just get their own stickers you and know. reseal. Yeah, so supply chain attacks. Yeah. We did it, Joe. <laughs> well, when it comes down to being creative, I'll give them, you know, five shoot bucks for this one. That was that was a good one. Yeah, they don't know who hacked the service. The data got published online. There's no, no one that paid for it. They just wanted to post this data online. Russia tried really, really hard to take it offline, but as you know... Once something is posted out on the internet, it's there forever. Did they drop it in like Pacement or what? I don't know if it's Pacement. It it was. It's either Tor or a a, a BitTorrent, like a torrent, because torrent you can't take down. That's peer to peer. And then Tor is notoriously hard to take down because you don't know where the actual servers are. What's the most common thing nowadays? Is it Tor then? For ransomware crews, yes, their leak sites are mainly through Tor. For things like WikiLeaks. Like if you have information that the government wants to try to take down, then BitTorrent is usually the the way to go. But for a lot of the crime where it's Tor nowadays. So I'll be honest with you guys. I've never used Tor. I, I, I've had it described to me as just like the internet without a condom. So I'm like, I don't know if I want anything to do with that. Are you guys hanging out much on Tor? Not I. Not I. How about you, Chris? So, so I actually went, I went to a talk at Black Hat, the last Black Hat I went to, I forgot it was 20, it might've been 2018. And they said like the whole, the talk was uh, centered around, you know, the top five myths of, of Tor. So Tor is actually a service. It was, it's funded by the U S state department actually. So it's, it's a way for people in tyrannical countries that get access to information. So if, if I'm in China, I want to look up the Tiananmen square. That's the only way to do it, although the Great Firewall blocks Tor. But let's say I'm in another country that's not as, as technically sophisticated. You can use that as a way of, to get um, information. So it's that's a democracy that's the purpose of, okay. of Tor. Yeah, it's a democracy engine. Well, exactly. that's what it was meant for. Yeah. What it's actually yeah. used for is a totally different thing. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of like cryptocurrency. You know, cryptocurrency, peer-to-peer transactions, that's a good thing. But all everything that comes good, even encryption, you know, encryption is a good thing, but if it's used for nefarious purposes, then that's, that's, that's where you get into that whole do dual use technology. Is this a net good or a net bad? I think having tours a net good, it's, it's very privacy centric, uh, but it does protect a lot of bad people. It reminds me, like when we talk about the you know, path of consequences or intended use, like my high school guidance counselor was like, he, you know, highly talented, but, you know, chooses to use his ways and, uh, you know, Somewhat questionable manners, I think, is what the guidance was there. Applies not, himself not inappropriately. Yeah. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> Look the other way, Brian. Here's Look a Snickers the, bar. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, because if you think about it, if you can host a website that can't get, cannot get taken down, that's good for political dissonance. Like if I'm in North Korea and I want to learn what's the truth about North Korea, that's, that's a good place to put it because North Korea will have a very hard time taking it down. But... Similarly, if I want to host a, a a dark web marketplace, something like like Silk Road, it's it's really hard for law enforcement to to figure out where it is. Although this week the Hydra marketplace did get taken down by German authorities, so good on them for for taking that down. How did they accomplish that? 
I saw the headline fly by when I was on my trip. I need to dig into that one a little bit more. What usually gets people is they for, it's, it, it's bad OPSEC. They forget to turn on their VPN. They access this server from their actual IP address instead of going through a VPN or it's usually some kind of slip up. Well, as a, as a throwback to <clears throat> one of my most recent LinkedIn posts, one of the best things about Tor is that you can claim credit for things you had no part in it. It's one of the reasons why I created it. <laughs> Plausible deniability. Yeah. All right. For our last topic, and it will be a rotating topic every week. This week, I pose the question, what is a severely out-of-date technology that you're still forced to use regularly? So I'll go as I give my co-host time to think about it. For me, it's the fax machine. Analog, insecure, are you kidding me? A few years ago when my uncle passed away, he lived about two hours away from me and I was handling his affairs since he didn't have a, a wife or, or children and I needed a copy of his death certificate for practically anything like turning off his cell phone line, disconnecting his cable, handling stuff with the bank. The funeral home obtained the copies of the death certificate and I requested a digital copy so I could get started and they said they could only fax it to me. They didn't have a scanner to PDF it over to me or email to me, much less using things like secure email or an encrypted cloud storage service. My doctor is the same way, but slowly modernizing. So if they're part of the same record keeping system or network, everything's done electronically. But if they're not, they have to use fax for the results or lab orders or anything like that. Right now, <clears throat> all of our younger listeners are Googling F-A-C-T-S. Like, what's a fax? <laughs> <laughs> I actually had to fax something not too recently ago. Oh, it was actually for my mother-in-law. We were trying to get hospice and stuff. And they're like, yeah, you could uh, you can fax it back to us. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to fax anything. Like, I don't even know where I can find a fax machine. It's cost me more money to fax. Yeah. I ended up having to drive to like a UPS or something and fax it and then. Eventually, it got there. Like I know it was there. I got the confirmation page, but they didn't acknowledge it for weeks. It, you would think they would like, hey, everyone has an email address. Can I email? Can I scan this and email it to you? Yeah. How is that not different and not, if not more secure than a fax machine? Yeah, so and quality wise as well. Maybe we can start yeah, fax faxes. bombing. Yeah, analog. It's easy to intercept. It's not encrypted most of the time. Yeah, and the quality is terrible. So, so Chris, do you actually have a fax machine at your house? No, I do not have a fax machine. I use an online fax service for when I need it. Freaking Glenn says he has one. Do you have a landline too? So I did until about two years ago. So I oh. turned the landline off and I went to a voice over IP system at home. Okay. But it doesn't allow faxes. Man, I think I read about you in my history books. Like you're somewhere in between hunters and gatherers. Wow, well, Glenn, you're so old. My kids are in college and they still use fax machines what? to send information over. Yeah. I feel like you'd have an incredible time or incredibly difficult time explaining like Bitcoin to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Just call it magic internet money. That's, that's right. good enough. It's the magic beans. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Do you have anything that's antiquated that you still leverage, Glenn? Yeah. How about a pen and a pencil? Why do I still need a pen and pencil when I carry my phone with me everywhere I go? That's true. I use a pen and pencil all the time, but it's only because... Yeah, you're using one right now, aren't you, Brian? Yeah. 
Yeah. I have to, and it's like this really wild, it's not even wild. I think it was like a $10 pencil. Uh, click one, right? They got off Amazon. I love this thing. My son loves it too. He has one, but he actually used his to the point where it actually started falling apart. Yeah, just had to get him a new one, but it was like cool. five years old. But why do we continue to use it when we have laptops, iPads, phones, all these things so that we can digitally log someone? Well, because then Chris would hear all my click clacking as I'm taking notes of thinking of clever things to say in the podcast right now. That's the number one reason. I guess so. Or if I'm, I guess if I'm sharing like my entire screen and yeah. I want people to know, I'm like, all right, uh, this dude is stupid. Like, I don't <laughs> want to put it on there. Like, definitely. But you would send that over a Slack message or within an internal chat. It depends, right? Like, if they, they know I'm being funny, but I'm definitely going to say that. Anything nefarious would get me promoted to customer ever. Although I don't think I would actually do that. That actually put my, my job at risk. Yeah. Just keep the inside thoughts to yourself, Brian. That's hard to do, Good Brian. Tip. Yeah. yeah, the reason you use pen and paper is nobody can hack it. If you need something that no one hacks, use pen and paper. That's I, not true. <clears throat> you could take a picture of pen to paper. So I could, but could. yeah, I mean, it's it's like if I if I have to keep like, uh, let's say I'm a, I'm a crooked accountant or I'm an accountant for the mob, like I'm not gonna store that in OneDrive. I'm gonna keep a pen, like a, a paper ledger in my safe. Yeah. So I I don't know if you guys, I, I you know we all travel, so in the hotel room there's typically a notepad, and a pen. Yeah. Well, I like to take my pencil, and I like to just like rub the the lead. Mm-hmm. to see what people wrote see before what the me. last person wrote <laughs> yeah <laughs> have you seen mine i wrote it there for you it says your hobby is stupid <laughs> sorry <laughs> obsec <Yeah>. obsec <laughs> do you guys ever go into a hotel room and open up the bibles there's like 100 bucks in there for you no no but i That's do look underneath legend, isn't it i'm I, like oh for six thousand so i, I do any money <laughs> i do look underneath the mattress like to see if there's anything inside there. i think one time i saw a 20 dollar bill Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. Good for you. I've seen some sketchy stuff behind a bed before. <laughs> I'm gonna, can't remember I didn't say behind the bed. Yeah. I said between the between mattress the and the bed. Yeah. I, I'll check for bed bugs. Though. Yeah. That, that's a real that's a real life threat right there. Do you guys look on yeah. online before you check in the hotel to see how many bed bugs were, incidences they Is have? Is there a website for yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, no. I yeah. have no idea. New York yeah, is notoriously. Send it to me, like, Glenn. I'll, okay. I'll link it in the show notes for our readers. I didn't know that was a service either. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> bed bugs is bed bugs avoidance as a service, right? Something yeah. Like that. So I, I mean, I'm trying to think of anything that's old that I still use. Probably toilet paper, right? Like there's better ways of washing your butt, but it gets the job done. All right. Well, we continue to get great comments about our dad joke of the week. This week, Glenn is up. In the spirit of spring break, where does sheep go? Sheep? Yeah. Where? The Bahamas. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, to wrap things up, deep fakes are showing up in the Russia Ukraine war. Fake emergency search warrants are a threat to privacy. We know what type of food the Russian GRU and FSB like to eat. And we're still using fax machines, even though we don't need to. That's all we have for this week. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can find us all on LinkedIn. Links will be in the description. Follow us on Instagram at Pepcac Podcast. Thank you to all our listeners and subscribers who rated us five stars in the iTunes store and Spotify and left us a review. We appreciate you all spreading the word to help grow the show. 
The best way to find us is to search for the PebCAC podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. For my co-host Brian Deach and Glenn Medina, I'm Chris Louie. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next weekend. As always, have a nice day. Peace. To the moon, Alice. Up my stick. <laughs>